everybody to the next uh, SESEC podcast session. And uh, this time we're going to talk about the elbow. And uh, this is a very interesting study we have um, seen and it's uh, coming from Switzerland. And uh, we have the author here, Frédéric Vauclair, Dr. Frédéric Vauclair. He is a shoulder and elbow expert from um, the Clinique Boisserf in uh, Lausanne in Switzerland. And he's connected and did the study on the in the University of Lausanne. And the paper is called Surgical Approaches to the Capitellum, a Comparative Anatomic Study. I think this is a very interesting topic. And um, to uh, understand it well, I have brought a very special guest here with me today. And this is uh, Professor Michel van den Beckerum. And he's uh, from the City Hospital in Amsterdam, in from the University of Amsterdam. And Michel, you're The name of your hospital is really uh, nice. I've tried to spell it. You said me it's okay when I say uh, City Hospital of Amsterdam. So welcome uh, both of you. I'm, I'm very thankful that both of you are here. Maybe we start with uh, Frederic. Frederic, you have you made this interesting anatomic study on the elbow. Can you, can you give us and our listeners some details and insights why you did this study and how you uh, did it? Yeah. Um, thanks a lot for the invitation. It's a great pleasure to present our study. So um, everything started with two consecutive patients, one young girl with an OCD and another patient with a capitalum fracture. For both patients, we had to change our plan. So for the young girl, the OCD was really more posterior and she had more extension deficit. So we had to do a lateral epicondyle osteotomy during the surgery. And the week after, for the second patient, we were unable to reduce and fix her posterior capital fragment. So we had to do an unconeous split. And then I realized that with the combination of the Coker and the split approach, I was able to see all the capitalum. And I decided to do a study to evaluate how much we can see from the articular joint with uh, these two approaches. So the aim of the study was to assess and compare the extent of the capitular articular surface that we can expose with the corker and the anconeo splitting approach. And the secondary outcome was to measure the area exposed after releasing the LUCL with the writing tone approach. So we did the study on eight fresh frozen cadaveric elbows. We started with the corker approach, like a traditional corker. And after finishing the approach, we measured the uh, article, we mark out the articular surface with a knife blade. And then we perform the anconeus splitting approach with um, the same marking. And finally, the writing tone approach with the osteotomy as the crista supinatoris and with the same articular surface measurement. Then we disarticulated the elbows and the, the total articular surface as well as the uh, three exposed surface were compared together. 
and it was uh, quite interesting to see that um, um, al almost half of the articular surface was uh, exposed with the Coker approach. This was the same as found in another study. And with the Anconeo splitting approach, we were able to expose 74% of the total surface and with the writing tone, more than 90%. So the, the thing that we can uh, say after this study is that when you combine a Coker approach together with an Anconeo splitting approach, you're able to expose the entire articular surface and you don't really need to release the LUCL or perform any further osteotomy. And it's also interesting to compare the writing tone approach to other LUCL releasing approach, because some studies say that the LUCL releasing approach will provide um, 150 degrees of exposure, but with the writing tone approach, we were able to expose 93% uh, in average of the the joint, which is uh, which is quite good. Mm, that's very interesting. And uh, Michel, what do you think about that? Uh, do we can we skip the uh, LUCL um, yeah detachment approach and just go over to only use cockers and anconeo splittings? Um, based on, on uh, this study, uh, I think we have to conclude that it's a perfect approach. Um, yeah, I have a question. Um, do you always use this same approach? So start with the anconeo uh, split and then go to the cocker if necessary? Or do you also include the findings of your uh, pre-op uh, radiology. So when we talk about OCDs, if the OCD is more posterior, do you uh, have another uh, surgical approach than when it's more to the anterior part? So uh, most of the time it's posterior. So if, if, if it's posterior, I use the, the anconeus. But if it's more anterior, then I start directly with the cocker approach. This was the case uh, we did. We started with the cocker, but the, um, the patient uh, lost some extension and uh, it was difficult to go more posterior. That's why we had to do the osteotomy. But usually I, I look at the MRI or CT scan and then I decide where, where to go. Yeah. And uh, I completely agree. I think that's a good, a good approach. Um, but to, to make it more difficult, um, posterior OCD, and there's a loose body at the anterior compartment of the elbow. We have an MRI scan before the surgery, and you see that the location of the OCD is more, more at the posterior side, as you say, uh, it's usually there. And there's also uh, a loose body completely anterior. What do you do then? So one of the options would be to start with the scope, and uh, we move the loose body and then try to see if I'm able to debride uh, the posterior lesion with the posterior ulnar portal. And if it's if I need to do like a graft or something, then I, I do open. 
uh, with the the Anconeo splitting approach. Mm. I have I have one question to the Cocker approach. I remember um, um, the statement that if you go for the Cocker, you maybe also may somehow um, provoke a posterolateral instability because you um, you cut through parts of the LUCL and rather take the Kaplan approach to be more safe. Would would that be interesting to buy, combine uh, more Kaplan or are you too far anterior then if you would combine Kaplan's and, uh, and conio splitting? I think it's it's also possible to use the, the Kaplan approach. But um, with the Cocker approach, after finding the interval, if you detach the ECU um, uh, anterior, then uh, you can cut the capsule more anterior and, and be safe with the ligament. So the intermuscular interval is the cocker one, but then I move slightly more anterior to be sure not to hit the, the ligament. So it's, it's like a, a smaller... Uh, tricks because uh, the 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 trajectory of the ligament is not always parallel with the interval so that's completely true that you may end up with uh, lateral instability if you go straight in the interval and um and another question uh, if i understand it correctly you assessed the visualization of the capitellum of the cartilage of the capitellum but uh, when we are inside, we have to do something and we have to fix the fracture or fix the, the fragment. Uh, what do you think about uh, fixation? Is it also possible by these approaches? Because then you have to approach it uh, perpendicular on the, on the joint surface. Uh, that's another thing than only seeing and assessing the cartilage. You mean by the Anconeo splitting approach? Or? Yeah, in combination with the cocker. Yeah. Are you also able to fix the fragments? So I think if it's really uh, extreme, you may not be able to fix it. But uh, um, if you if you start with the Anconeus, uh, then uh, I think you you're able to decide if the combination of the two will be sufficient. And if you think it's really not feasible, then you can. Uh, um, keep the same incision and do the writing turn using the, the osteotomy without doing uh, another incision. And then you will be able to, to have enough. Uh, that's another advantage of the writing turn over the, the, the true um, humeral release, I think. Yeah, but, uh, I think I agree. It's a good, good rescue option. And I, 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 I'm... Uh, also, uh, I love the the trauma, so I I love to fix bone. I think it's sometimes more reliable. So the osteotomy is sometimes for in my hands better than the, just a soft tissue release. Mm -hmm. So for me to understand, you start with the Ancaneus splitting approach, and um, well, in accordance to the MRI. And uh, then you move over to the cocker. And if you would not be able to fix anything because the fragment, you're not able to, uh, to fix it, then you uh, go to the writington. 
and you release uh, it from the white Writington side, and then you can approach everything. Is that correct? Yeah, it, it's correct. But uh, I, I would try to to uh, do Writington without doing the corker if I think uh, the, the two won't be enough. But uh, yeah, otherwise, if you if you do um, uh, splitting and then uh, corker, then you can also do the the true lateral release. I think. Mm -hmm. And Michel, are you using this, it the same way in your department? Um, I must say, the majority of OCD lesions are treated uh, with an arthroscopic approach, and I don't use a lot of grafts until no. today. I think we have to go for more graphs in the future, but uh, because the outcome is, uh, I think it's better than uh, just uh, drilling. Um, so uh, I don't have a lot of experience with the Writington approach uh, uh, for uh, graft surgery for OCDs. No. But uh, I, it's, I think it's, it's uh, more, yeah, it's more a, a way of thinking than a, a thing we have to do like uh, often. Because usually we we can we can uh, do without the the osteotomy, and uh, you also do a lot of trauma. Um, the the difference between the two, between a more chronic injury like OCD and uh, an acute case with a capitellum fracture, is that there may be associated ligament injury. Yeah, does it change your approach, uh, knowing that? For example, there may be an avulsion of the lateral ligament. So I, I try to look carefully at the CT scan to make sure there is no distal uh, uh, bony avulsion of the ligament, which is quite rare, but sometimes we can see a small chip. And um, otherwise, if there is no distal avulsion, then I would go for the, for the corker to... Um, to evaluate the proximal uh, insertion of the ligament because uh, of the the associated lesion, so I, I won't uh, use the the splitting approach uh, for trauma unless I need to see something posterior that I am not able to see with the Coker approach. But for the trauma, I, I start uh, Coker for sure. Okay, this sounds very interesting because um, I think maybe our listeners um, and the elbow surgeons among us can agree to that, that the humeral detachment um, of the ligament to approach the posterior and the anterior part of the elbow seems to be obsolete according to your data and experience. So um, I wish to thank both of you for this uh, very interesting um presentation of your data and topic and um, I hope to see you soon on one of our next meetings. Many thanks to Dr. Frédéric Beauclair and uh, Michel van den Beckerum from the Netherlands. Thanks to you. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye-bye. This was the podcast on the paper Surgical Approaches to the Capitellum, a Comparative Anatomic Study. With the first author of this study, Frédéric Vauclair from Lausanne in Switzerland, and Michel van den Beckerum as my SESEC elbow expert for this episode from Amsterdam in the Netherlands. My name is Robert Hudek. 
I am a shoulder and elbow surgeon from Hamburg in Germany. I hope you enjoyed this one. Uh, at least for me, I really think about my next surgical approach to the capitellum. So many thanks and bye bye.